Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome, welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am smiling so big right now just doing this little introduction to this pod because I was sitting with this just now and I realized it's been so long since I just sat down to speak from the heart. So, so, so long. And there's a lot of reasons to that. So, I mean, we had a, I had a guest on last week. We had the amazing period podcast that was really long awaited. But then we had a lot of ceremony. We've had so much ritual and ceremony on this show over the past couple of weeks and months. So we had a big podcast around, of course, our New Year's intentions. We had two that got really into New Year's intention setting practices. We had a big processing podcast for 2020. And I also feel all my Yoga Girl daily episodes, the little bite-sized podcasts I release every every day, have been really sort of New Year and end of 2020 focused and oriented. And it's been a it's been a while since I got to just sit down in my little space and my little podcast throne, take a breath and and say, hey. <laughs> you know, I really love and I don't know the intention setting podcasts and the ceremonies and rituals, they are so popular. And you guys love listening to them and doing those practices as much as I love creating them. There's a different sense or a different energy around that because I sit down and I really plan, you know, okay, here's this ritual that we're going to do and how is that going to work from A to Z and what's important and what should I talk about? And I really prepare beforehand, whereas normally on this show, I never prepare, right? I just sit down and I just speak from the heart. And there is something so really cathartic and really intimate and really vulnerable and really real around those regular episodes where it's just me talking to you and I don't have a big plan. And as I sat down just now to record, I just started smiling so big because it's kind of like, oh, like I'm, I'm back home again, you know, it's just like my, my weekly sharing with you. So I want to start by taking a couple of breaths. I feel like I have a lot to share and I also feel like I would be really content sitting here in silence with you right now because I'm 
I'm in a very introspective space. As I'm recording this, we're new moon and Capricorn just passed, which was a really introspective time for me this whole week. You, you probably felt it as well, the beginning of the week and all throughout this week. There's a lot of that internal new moon energy of, of, of we're kind of sitting in the dark a little bit, planting seeds and and creating, but the creation is happening in the womb space, like in the dark space. We haven't brought that to light yet. And I feel like this week was, 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 was a lot. It was a big energies, at least for me. So wherever you are, let's, let's get comfortable. I would love it for you. If you could just give yourself the space to make this podcast listening that you're about to really step into right now, make it really sacred make it really special. You know, if you have a moment to really sit down in your most comfortable, cherished part of your home, you know, to grab a cup of tea, light a candle, bring your journal and your pen if you want, or sit down by your altar or, you know, create that sacred space so that this podcast isn't just something that you sort of semi-tune into while you're really busy with other stuff, unless that's how you listen to all your podcasts then go right ahead. But infusing a little more purpose in you listening to this right now. And that's really what I'm going to talk about today as well, is, is our ability to make everyday moments really sacred and really special. And you can start right now, you know, so choosing that really beautiful place to sit down, brewing a beautiful cup of tea or your coffee or your lemon water or your wine or whatever it is that you're drinking. And then lighting that candle or some incense or, you know, grabbing a crystal or something that just taps you a little bit closer to yourself. And then let's find that comfortable seat so we can close our eyes. The moment your eyes close, you know, one of my teachers, she says, we're always just a millimeter away from more comfort. So oftentimes, you know, to go from, from where we are right now to being a little more comfortable, we're just a little, you know, half an inch away from that. So what is something you can actually shift in your body right now to make yourself more comfortable? And that's a big theme for all of us right now is we want to feel good in the body. We want to be comfortable so we can digest and process everything that's happening outside in the world and everything that's happening inside of us. And sometimes comfort, you know, it's just a pillow away or an uncrossing of your legs away or a cuddling up closer into that corner of your couch away or just dropping the shoulders, letting the heart soften, unclench the jaw, soften the face, let the belly relax all the way, lean back a little bit. And then the moment you arrive to that that place of comfort, you'll know because there'll be a, a little settling inside of the body, almost like a settling of the bones of, oh, this is where I want to be. And then take a deep breath in just the way you are. And through the nose, exhale all of it out. And then bring your attention and awareness a little bit closer to the breath. And just the way the breath is today, the way the breath is right now. And just witness the breath. Just observe the breath. Notice how the breath is already and always flowing in and out of the nose. How your breath is always present. There is always either an inhale or an exhale or that little brief moment in between the turnings of the breath. 
there's always a breath happening inside of your body. There's always the receiving of energy or the giving away of energy unfolding in the body all the time. So notice the way the breath is flowing right now in and through you. And sometimes we sit down and we tune in and, you know, there's something going on with the breath. I've been really sniffly lately, for, for example, I've had some allergies and things. And whenever that happens and I sit down in meditation, sometimes my mind gets loud right away. Like, oh, it's hard to breathe today, you know, or one of my nostrils is really restricted and I can't, I don't feel balanced when I breathe. And immediately the mind goes into this story of, oh, if only I, it was easier to breathe, then I could then I could be more present in this meditation practice, right? I'm sure some of you recognize that as well. So notice if there's anything around the breath or maybe around the body right now that's triggering a story from your mind. And oftentimes that story is, is something around, well, if something was different, if I did something better, if I improved or shifted or changed something, then I could show up. Then I could be here. But, you know, I'm really stuffy, so I can't breathe through my nose. So it's, I can't, I can't really be present right now, or I'm not comfortable in the body. I have pain somewhere. So yeah, no, that's hard. Or I'm not feeling good or I'm sad today. Or, you know, the mind can go into all sorts of narratives around if only X was different. Well, then, then I would show up. And the practice really is not to try to tune that out, you know, that voice in the back of the head or pretend like it's not there or, you know, turn your back to it or try to silence it or, you know, the practice really is just witnessing it. The same way you're witnessing your breath right now is to just witness that voice or that story in your, in your mind. And you can give that, that voice just a, a little loving nudge. One of my favorite authors and, and teachers, Pema Chodron, she says, or she has a practice for meditation that goes, whenever the mind gets loud or you catch yourself in thinking when you're meditating, just label it and go, oh, thinking, there's thinking again, and then come back to the breath. Almost like a little bell goes off in the back of your mind with more presence around that, like, oh, thinking, hmm, and then return. And then thinking comes again and then return. So instead of the mind being this big, bad thing or this heavy judgmental entity that we try to resist, it's just thinking, you know, it's neither good nor bad. It's just thinking. And sometimes when, when I'm in my own practice, I like to approach my mind as, as, you know, thinking, but it's kind of like my inner three-year-old thinking. You know, I, I give that mind or that voice a little more of a persona. So it's not something terrible or scary. It's just like a little, a little three-year-old trying to talk to me all the time. You know, it's my inner, inner three-year-old going, Hey, what if, Hey, what if you did this instead? Hey, what if you go over here? Hey, did you forget to do that thing? <laughs> you know? And then all of a sudden I can actually sit in my practice and I can smile when my mind gets really busy and it's just thinking. And then return to the breath. And we remind ourselves that the practice of returning is the practice of meditation. You know, if we could press a button and all of a sudden be enlightened, 
we wouldn't have to practice all the time, right? We wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't be sitting here, breathing, tuning in. If we were enlightened, then we would be enlightened beings and we would remain in that state all the time. And it's called a practice because for a majority of us, we're never going to be finished. And it's that practice of, oh, thinking and then returning to the present moment, returning to breath, returning to now, that's it. So if you're sitting right now with a busy mind or with a thinking mind that's telling you your breath should be different or your body should be different, smile and really make that neutral connection to that voice versus the bad one, you know, or this is not what it's supposed to be. This is what the mind does. It thinks, thinking, and then come right back. And see if by allowing a little more depth of the breath right now could allow you to go one layer deeper inside of yourself. So just breathing deeper, maybe even noticing what happens in the lower belly. If you just bring your awareness to the low belly right now, you can even put a hand or two right there and really feel the breath in the low belly, that space right beneath the belly button. And notice what happens in the belly as you breathe in and what happens in the belly as you breathe out. Where is the breath going on the inhale? And where is it moving from on the exhale? What happens in this part of the body? Can you feel that expansion, that contraction, that receiving and that giving away? And see if playing a little bit with that depth of breath can bring you one layer deeper. I was teaching a yoga class this morning and it occurred to me when we are in our meditation practice or when we are holding a pose and we're there for a long time, it's almost like each of us were all flowers that have closed in on ourselves. And the longer we stay, the longer we sit, you know, the longer we stay right here breathing just in the practice, we start to shed petals one at a time. It's like our flower begins to open up. It begins to blossom. And suddenly these little petals just shed and we begin to tap into this lightness of being where instead of being closed, we just feel more open. And oftentimes as we're practicing, whether you're sitting in stillness or you're in a sweaty yoga class holding pigeon pose or something, sometimes we think we have to do something to get to that place of shedding the layer, to get to that place of the petals opening and to get to the blooming. We have to reach, we have to try, we have to work. When actually the medicine is the practice itself. The fact that you're sitting here right now with your breath present, this practice, that's the medicine. The pose is the medicine and it's already giving you the space to bloom. It's already opening you up. And sometimes that process, it just takes time. It takes time. And maybe we shed and we open just one little petal at a time. And suddenly we can... We can really feel and appreciate this fragrance that comes from inside when we're really here. Because it takes courage to open. It takes courage to bloom, to blossom. 
takes practice, takes returning to these practices again and again. So just honoring that for yourself right now, that to open or to shed layers, that you don't have to do anything. But that process is unfolding here now, already here now. So take a longer, fuller breath in, just the way you are. And through the nose, just gently exhale. And place a hand to the heart, leave one hand by the low belly. And take a moment in silence right now, appreciating you. Just a moment for you to appreciate yourself that there's nothing about you that you have to change or fix. Nothing you have to do better in these practices, right? Even if the breath is challenging you today, or if you feel pain in the body, or if your mind is busy, you are perfect. And it was always meant to be just like this. One more full breath. Open the mouth and let go. Hmm. If it feels good to keep the eyes closed, you can keep the eyes closed. If you want to gently flutter them open, go right ahead. Hi. <laughs> I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes, feeling very soft, feeling very open. We have a a flower in our house right now. Every year, Dennis's grandma comes to visit for Christmas. She comes from Holland. And she brings us a bulb of a flower that's called an amaryllis. I don't know if that's the name in English too, but I think so, an amaryllis. And it's a bulb like a tulip. So you don't know what color it has. You don't know what it's going to turn into really. It's just a bulb. And you water it a tiny bit. It just needs a very little water, like once a day or every other day. And it grows and it grows and it grows and it shoots up in height and it grows so quickly that every morning, the first thing Lea Luna does when she wakes up is she runs to the kitchen table and she looks at the flower and she goes, mom, it grew last night again, because it grows almost an inch a night. Like it's so fast growing this flower. And suddenly it starts to bloom. It starts to blossom and it happens so quickly. And I've been really sitting with this image because every day we run to the kitchen table and we watch this flower bloom. And sometimes it happens so quickly and it happens at night that we almost miss it. And it's blooming. There's several flowers at the same time. And one night, you know, we went to bed and it was really closed and we woke up and it was almost so open that the petals are beginning to fall. And Leia Luna was just perplexed. She was just, how, how did this happen overnight? You know, this, this flower, it's just so fascinating to her. And I've had this image in my mind of myself, which is why I spoke about it in yoga class today as well. This, this image of myself as a flower and with this innate ability to close on purpose and this innate ability to open and bloom when I'm ready. And I think it's such a, it's such a beautiful just metaphor of, of a human being is 
oftentimes we want to rush, you know, when we feel closed, when that, when that flower bud is just sealed in on itself, oftentimes we want to rush and we want to get to the blossoming and it doesn't happen until we're ready. And of course, sometimes life, you know, makes us close. Sometimes we want to fold into ourselves. We want to protect our center and, and we close up because of things that have come our way, but it doesn't mean we're going to stay closed forever. And there's a beautiful balance to that, our ability to open and feel vulnerable and, you know, invite in healing and let go and this soft, gentle openness. And then we can return to the closing again. So it's not just like the life of a flower that, you know, blossoms and then the petals fall. And then of course there's rebirth with that death as well. But I think as a human being, we can open and close and open and close. And we're not meant to be open all the time. And I'm really sitting with this image of just almost like I'm peeling petals away one at a time when I'm opening, but then I can also return to that safe place and close. And there's nothing wrong with that. And this flowery image, it's really, really inspiring me right now. And I feel like that. I feel very, feel very open. I feel very soft. I feel very, very present. Like if I close my eyes right now, I can just feel my, my body from the inside. I feel like I'm really, really here in every inch of my being right now. And I don't have to hold on to that. And that's a cool part of this journey as well. When we start to be able to let go of a little bit of the attachment to the feelings that come along with this practice, right? When we have breakthroughs and we feel that feeling of healing or synchronicity and epiphany and man, something's happening. And in the beginning of my own, my own journey, I used to have that feeling of, oh my God, I have to keep this all the time. And the moment I returned to something that felt more mundane or the moment I, I feel like I lost it a little bit. I don't know if any, any of you have ever experienced that, but kind of the feeling of having been at a, in retreat maybe, or, or maybe it's the feeling you get when you go to a really good yoga class and you leave Shavasana and you have this moment of just, oh, you're totally here. And then something happens, right? Someone sends you a snarky text message or someone's mean to you at work or someone cuts you off in traffic or whatever. Just life, you know, continues, resumes again. And that feeling just is, is gone. It dissipates and you go, man, man, why can't I hold on to that? And I used to feel that way all the time. Like I, I had to hold on to that feeling of, of just pure presence, that feeling of opening, that feeling of healing. And as I, as I get older, to, I get to really anchor into that. Well, I'm not meant to feel that way all the time, you know? And I don't even know if I would want to feel that way all the time. I'm, I'm not that enlightened being, you know, I haven't, haven't arrived to my final destination just yet. And there is something so innately beautiful about the divinity of being human, you know, of, of actually allowing ourselves to sit with the vulnerability of ourselves as human beings where no, we're not going to blossom all the time. And yeah, life is going to challenge us a lot. And even as I, as I really hold the big challenges that I've been with this past year where, yeah, would I choose them? No. <laughs> you know, when I sit down one day for my intention setting practice and go, oh, you know, all of these struggles, bring them on. No, I wouldn't choose them. But somehow, strangely, it feels like I did. So there's beauty to the really mundane 
kind of day-to-day agitation that we experience. And on a Monday, you know, there is something really particularly special about our feelings coming and going and about the things that trigger us in a day. And the more we judge them, the more we separate ourselves from that humanness inside of us. Because being human is also being divine. Like we have both both of these sides inside of ourselves. And if we weren't meant to leave yoga class and then have life, you know, be life and, and feel agitated about something, then it wouldn't be that way. And that practice of, okay, well, here I am feeling all open and vulnerable and peaceful. And here I am now feeling agitated and pissed off. And oh, why is this happening? Oh, and here I am feeling neutral, feeling, I don't know, a little disconnected maybe. Oh, and here I am feeling so grateful. And, you know, that is what it is. Like, that's literally what life is. And we get so attached to wanting one thing that sometimes it becomes it becomes almost like this restrictive space that keeps us further away from that full experience of just being present in this life is when we start to label things and go, okay, well, I want that part of the human experience, but I don't want that part, <laughs> you know, bring on the gratitude and the ecstasy and the joy and the, all of that. But I don't, I don't want any sadness. I don't want any irritation. I don't want any grief. Well, as human beings, this is, this is, this is the cards that we're dealt. Like this is what we get. And it's a beautiful thing when we, in our spiritual practice, when we can start to embrace them all and no longer differentiate and go, well, I only want that. Don't bring me that. And then suddenly this feeling of, well, maybe this is all meant to be this way starts to shine through a little bit more. And that's where I am in my own journey now. The things that felt really bad, really terrible, really, oh, I don't want them. There is a huge sense of purpose in them for me as well. And I And that somehow brings about more gratitude, right? Even in the really hard times. I'm in this really inspired, super creative place in my life. I don't know where where it came from, if it's just the the result of all of my self-care. I I, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know, because I talk about it all the time, but 2020 really was the year for me where self-care became just life. And I no longer think of these practices that I do every day as like, here's something that I have to do to feel good. It's just my day. It's it's like brushing my teeth. And for a long time, it wasn't like that. For a long time, I was at the bottom of my own list of, 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 you know, people I had to take care of. I was at the very bottom. Everyone else came first. And if there was time left in the day, I would try to squeeze something in or I would take that one yoga class or, but it was just that one yoga class. You know, it's like, even if I did one hour a day of yoga practice, the other 23, I wasn't really with myself. You know, I was with a lot of other people and with a lot of stress and pressure. And, you know, I was in a different place. Whereas now, you know, and I always wanted to get to that place, the idea of of all of this stuff that I want to do to take care of myself. I want it to be like brushing my teeth. I don't want it to be an uphill climb of, oh, gotta go do that thing. Or, oh, I should roll out my mat. Or, oh, I should sit in silence. Or, oh, I should, you know, that's the feeling that I had. It was like taking care of myself was an uphill battle because I was approaching it from this place of doing for the sake of, of kind of checking a box, you know, it's like in my head, I, I knew and I know, of course, here, here are things that are helpful for me <laughs> when it comes to the evolution of my consciousness, when it comes to my well-being in my day-to-day. But because I was living in another vibration, you know, I was living in a vibration of a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, 
a vibration of I'm not good enough, a vibration of, of I can't do this, you know, a vibration of, of this is not meant for me. Like I just felt like I didn't really belong. And then of course, all of those practices that bring me closer to that place of total belonging, they felt a little foreign. And I had to be crazy disciplined and really make myself go there. And they didn't feel like something that just came my way naturally. And I always just thought that, well, that's, that's the person I am. You know, that's the kind of, that's, that's my personality. That's who I am. I'm always going to be looking to other people first. I'm always going to be that rescuer, that saver. And I look to others and then I look to myself. And what 2020 brought me through all that fucking heartache and all that pain and all that trauma is a shift of perspective where all of a sudden I'm not looking out at the world from the lens of, is everybody okay? (laughs) But I'm looking at the world from the lens of, am I okay? And for a really long time, that felt so strange. It's, I mean, it's still, it's starting to feel more like, like normal, like this is just life. But for a long time, that was really strange to reach for what do I need before reaching for what does everybody need? How can I be of service? How can I help you? And instead go, how can I help me? And for a while, it felt really selfish. It felt really bad. It felt like this is not the way it's supposed to be. It felt like loss, actually. And a lot of this, I know, I mean, I know, and I feel almost like I don't even have to I feel so done with it. I don't even have to talk about it so much anymore. But a lot of this comes back to my relationship with my own mother and just growing up with the necessity to look at life from a lens that went, is my mom okay? And for a really long time, I felt, you know, I really thought that that was the only lens I was given. You know, I got to gotta keep my mom alive, got to keep her from wanting to kill herself, got to keep her alive, got to keep her safe, got to keep her happy. And without even knowing it, it was almost like I had this, this personality that was mixed in with hers. I didn't really know where do I end and where does she begin? And having that sort of looking my whole life, is she okay? Is she okay? Even as I became an adult and, you know, in my mind and in my, just my more mature mind, I can understand that she is okay and that's not my job. My job is to take care of myself and my own kid and my own. It didn't really work that way because it was so ingrained. Is she okay? Is she okay? And then of course that voice became, is everybody okay? Who is okay? Who isn't okay? And just that that looking was always to the outside. It was always not in me. And where I used to think the issue is, I used to think the issue is my mom. The issue is that relationship. The issue is all the strange things that have unfolded there over the course of a lifetime. What I realized now is the only issue was that I didn't know how to stay with myself. That's it. Like that's the beginning and the end of, of most of my pain in this world is that I would constantly leave myself. And not just for my mom, you know, but for everybody, for everything, for everything other than me, I would step away and go tend to, which meant I was in this, this life of just constantly leaving myself behind. So when you do that for an entire lifetime, of course, it's really hard to, to have self-care, be like brushing your teeth, you know, that doesn't make any sense. If you don't have any practice of actually tending to your own needs, of actually even 
remaining with yourself long enough to figure out what your needs are. You know, of course, it's not going to be like brushing your teeth. Of course, doing the yoga and sitting in the meditation and drinking the water and eating well and moving your body and going to therapy and being vulnerable with your feelings and prayer and everything. Of course, that's going to feel like a little bit strange. Of course, it's going to feel like a reach. And what I've realized now is what 2020 was for me. It's kind of like I've had my entire being sort of fragmented outside of myself. And then for every day spent in the practice of doing something that just served me, that didn't have a purpose, that wasn't like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this so that I can invite other people into that place. Or I'm going to do this so I can learn about it and teach it later. Or I'm going to do this so I can share it with somebody or I'm going to do this so that this person can come along or whatever reason, or I'm going to do this because it's for my business or, you know, I've had so many other reasons for doing what I've done, but just doing it for me, not no purpose, no performance, nothing to succeed at, nothing to accomplish at the end, but just stepping into that place of meeting my own needs and giving myself a practice that's just for me, nobody else and nothing else, no other purpose, even like purposeless things. Sometimes they felt purposeless. Like I spent six months, you know, it, like I spent months chasing lizards in my garden. Like that was something that I had to do. And I realized just this morning, what a spiritual practice that was to protect something that was sacred only to me. That didn't make sense to anybody else. And we had moments where my husband was like, honey, we can buy kale at the grocery store. You don't have to sit in your garden guarding the kale, but I had to, because what I was guarding was my own essence. It was my own need to keep my fingers in the dirt, you know, to grow something just for the sake of watching it grow. It wasn't about, I don't want to spend money on kale in the grocery store. It was just, I was tending to myself by tending to that garden, but it didn't make any sense, you know? And every moment I had like that, including choosing to get up at 5 a.m. every single day, even if I had a bad night's sleep, even though generally I don't sleep all that much and probably I could use the two extra hours of sleep, even on days when I didn't know what to do with myself in the morning. And I just would get up at five just to sit on the floor. Like every day I did that, I was sort of gathering all those fragmented pieces of my being and I was just returning them all back home. And I didn't really understand them when they were happening like therapy, going to therapy once a week. I had a lot of, lot of sessions in therapy where I was like, I don't know if this is doing anything for me. You know, saying no, something I practiced a lot in 2020, oftentimes didn't make sense. My, I wanted to say yes. Yes, I want to be there for you. Yes, I want to complete that deadline. You know, yes, I want to start this new project. Yes, but no, something inside of me said, no, you know what? Mm -mm. I, I'm not going to do that. That's going to be a no for me. Even when the no didn't logistically make sense, I still said no. And what I realized at the end of all of that, all that time spent, you know, 5 a.m. dancing or time spent saying no or putting down boundaries or being in my garden or doing things that didn't make sense in a way to anybody else, that brought me back home to me. It really did. And it wasn't something that happened overnight. It wasn't something that I can point to one thing. Yeah, that thing saved me. No, it's just the accumulation of all of those things slowly changed 
the way I view the world. It gave me another another pair of glasses. Like I got, I get to view the world from another lens now. And that lens is just me and mine. And it's not selfish. It's actually the most selfless thing I could possibly do is to stay anchored inside of myself. Like that's the greatest service I can give to the world is to remain with me. And what I'm learning now, or I guess practicing now is, okay, so how do I stay with myself and tend to other people, right? Is there a way in my, in my future where I can have a relationship with my mom who I haven't spoken to or, you know, had a relationship with for almost a year and invite her back into my life and stay with myself, right? Can I go back to work in a bigger way, you know, like lead another teacher training and stay with myself and take care of others and hold the space, but not leave myself on the way. And I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was talking to, so my, my best friend Olivia is here with her family visiting from Sweden and we're running, we're, do, we're doing sunrise runs. It's beautiful. She has a little four, four and a half month old, my goddaughter, daughter. and we're just spending a lot of time just contemplating life. And this morning on our sunrise run, I can't believe I get to say that sentence. I'm the kind of person who runs now. Yes, we have to talk about that, but not right now. But on our run, I was, I was sharing that I, I sense like I have this longing inside to, to maybe expand beyond what my life is in this exact moment. Like this longing to, to begin creating again, because that's something that I had to stop. I was creating so much and working so hard and doing so many retreats and trainings and groups and writing books and, you know, taking care of the company and starting new things. And it was so much of that creating happening that I, it took too much, it took too much away from me. Right. And now that I'm back to me, I'm wondering, can I, can I do that again? Can we go on another tour? Can I write another book? Can I, and the feeling of doing that feels really daunting because it feels like I, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to set a deadline, for instance, or commit to something really big, like a big group and not leave myself. And I was sharing that this morning that I feel the same way with my mom. Like I would love to invite her back into my life, but there's that feeling inside of me where anything that risks me losing myself, it just, it just feels like, it feels like an impossibility right now. And she just said, you know, all you need is time. The fact that you're talking about this right now, the fact that you're pondering it means there's already something moving there and it's going to reveal itself in time. You don't have to push, you don't have to pull. And then I sat with that image again of the flower of the you know, every, every student in my class this morning in practice in pigeon pose, if you've ever practiced with me, we hold hip openers for a really long time in my classes. And, and I had this image of all of them, like, look at all these flowers here, just, you know, opening up one petal at a time. And it doesn't happen because we pull, because we push. When we find ourselves in that place in our asana practice, where suddenly we let go Suddenly we cry, suddenly we release, suddenly our whole body softens, suddenly we, we get to a new place in that pose. Like suddenly there is a shift, right? It doesn't happen because we worked harder at it. It doesn't happen because we pushed or pulled or forced it. It just happens because we're ready. You know, letting go, it's like we want it so bad, but we can't prescribe it. We can't say, okay, I'm letting go now. 
we can pray for it. We can say, I want to let go or I want to open. I want to feel, I want to, and that just reminded me, yeah, I need to invite these things into my prayer every day. Yeah. I want to create again and stay with myself. Yeah. I want to have my mom in my life again and stay with myself. And I can pray for that. And you can pray for the things that you long for in your life that seem daunting to you or that seem scary to you. Or maybe the things in your life where you feel like I'm not really ready. You can pray to be ready. And then one day you will be. And one day, you know, life brings you that thing or that moment where it just makes total sense. So I'm feeling that. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot. And I'm feeling like when everything is ritual, instead of routine, you know, when you, when you have that ability to pause for a moment before you do the things that you do in your day-to-day every day, then life takes on a different kind of flavor. And I think that's what I was doing all through 2020. I just, I just wasn't conscious about it in my mind. Like, Hey, I am, I am in ceremony for most of my day. I'm sitting, I'm, I'm creating ritual out of my life. I'm making my life into a ritual basically. And what I mean with that is like just the way we opened this podcast just now, you know, maybe you're used to listening and you're on the go or you're talking to other people or you're doing something else at the same time to just be here, you know, if you commit to listening to a podcast, like decide, hey, something's calling me to listen to this show. There's something inside of me that goes, man, okay, I'm going to listen to this podcast. Okay, it comes from a real place. Then really listen to the podcast. Give yourself the space, the time, sit down, light the candle, brew the tea, like be here. And then if life comes up and your kid walks in the room or okay, you didn't have the hour you wanted, you got 20 minutes, okay, you pause and then you return. Right. Or maybe all you needed was those first 20 minutes. That's it. That's what life wanted to give you in that moment. And that was perfect. You know, or however you move your body in a day, can you make that into something really special? Can you take the routine of it and make it into ritual? I do that now. So I'm running. Okay. I said we weren't going to talk about it right now, but this is a, I'm running, I'm running you guys. I'm running. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know, my whole life, I've had a dream to run. (laughs) I've always wanted to be a runner. Like there's something, there's something that connects to freedom. When I think about a person just putting on their running shoes and heading out the door and just running, but I am a terrible runner. Like I, I, I don't enjoy running. I don't know why I want to run so bad. I've never enjoyed running in my whole life. And I've tried so many times. I, I don't know why something has been calling me for so many years. And then all of a sudden I realized, and this was over the past couple of months that if I run and I really make an effort to be in nature when I run, which I know for a lot of people, you don't have to make the effort. I'm sure you can find like a beautiful park or a forest or, you know, I live in Aruba. It's a tiny Island. We don't have a whole lot of just nature. Like we have a national park that takes up a fifth of the Island, but it's far away. And I don't want to like drive 40 minutes to go for a run, you know, but when I'm in nature and Dennis discovered all of these amazing trails right in our backyard, like tiny little trails that I don't even know where they're going to take me. I just try where I can run and I can go for a whole run and not see anybody. 
or there's no person around. It's just me and nature and it's beautiful. It's giving me a whole new view of this island. So when I can run where, where I'm really in nature with nature, when I don't have any distractions, right? So I'm not like listening to anything or, you know, bringing my device or anything when I can just be there with nature. When I slow down, like, I don't know why I, no one ever told me this. I'm sure people did tell me I just didn't listen. But if I slow down my run, I enjoy my run. And I never knew. I never knew. So I started doing these things and all of a sudden running feels enjoyable. All of a sudden, every day I feel that itch like, oh, I'm going to go for a run. And I just put on my shoes and I head out, I head out the door. Like I, I could cry right now because I feel like that image I had for so long of what I wanted to do or feel like I'm there now. And I just head out the door and I, and I don't run forever. Like I'm not, I'm not going to do any marathons or anything anytime soon. Like I run right now, I'm running four kilometers which is not a long run, but for me, it's a huge, huge, huge thing. And what I do before I begin my run is I take a moment, right? Already like going to my run, I can feel it's like, it's like when you're, when you roll out your mat, but you're not in practice yet, there is something sacred about rolling out your mat. Like, you know, that feeling I have that feeling now when I put on my shoes and I tune into the body and I breathe. And before I run, I take a moment to place my hands to the ground if I had a tree, I would, I would probably hug a tree. I don't have trees. I have cactus. Okay. So I place my hands to the ground and I take a moment just in reverence for the earth, like that I get to share this space with mother earth, that I get to be alone with her, that I get to just be here and feel like, and run and, and be in my body. Like I just have this moment of total gratitude and that does something to my run, right? Versus like, I don't know, running on a treadmill in a gym, listening to some crazy music with your jaws clenched. Like, like that's not the run I want. You know, I want the run where I'm communing with nature. I want the run where I'm in communion with myself, where that run becomes meditation in movement, where that run becomes something greater than just the run, right? And it's the same run, right? I'm going the same places, the same distance, the same pace. But when I take that moment that's turning the routine of running into the ritual of running. And it's bringing me back now every day. I never thought I could run every day. I'm running every day. And it's like, it doesn't take any time out of my day. I'm not sacrificing anything. It's just, it's like brushing my damn teeth. <laughs> like I'm telling you. So finding those ways. And I would love to invite you to look for that in your own life right now. Because I know, I know beginning of 2021 has been hard already been hard, like five, six days in, it's been crazy. I know there's probably disappointment happening in your life right now. Things are not working out the way you wanted them to work out. Maybe you had really high demands on yourself for the beginning of the year. And here we are two weeks in and not everything is holding together, you know, and finding those ways in your life right now where you can take something that's just routine that you normally do without thinking, without a lot of presence, you know, that just day-to-day -day thing and turn that into ritual, make it something truly sacred, bring intention into that act, whether it's how you move your body or how you rise in the morning, like how you wake up, how you eat your food, how you drink your tea. I, I think I'm going to have a whole podcast episode about tea. I, I'm in, in a ceremonial tea course right now. <laughs> 
I could like laugh or cry saying that because it's so strange to me. I don't know why I'm there, but I'm in a 22-day ceremonial tea course where every day I, I'm in ceremony drinking tea. Yeah, it's like my heart called for that. So I'm doing it and it's like, it's amazing. But that'll, that'll be another podcast, I'm sure. But those day-to-day things like your morning coffee, your food, your breakfast, how you get in the car when you get in the car the first moment of the day you know can you as you close the car door in that first moment of silence can you close your eyes and take five slow breaths can you say a little prayer for your journey to wherever you're going you know can you take those day-to-day moments and make them really special i've done that with leia luna in terms of food for a really long time And it's not like we don't say grace at home. It's not a religious thing. I think saying grace is the most beautiful thing. But so it's my, 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 my friend who passed away. Many of you guys, I've spoken about her so many times. But Andrea, she would always, for as long as I knew, I've known her or knew her, whatever we were doing, wherever we were before she ate, she would take a moment to pause, hover her hands over her food and say and, and have a moment of gratitude or say a little prayer or bring presence into that food. And it was one of those things where when I met her, I was like, well, this is a little odd, <laughs> you know, because I wasn't doing that. I didn't know anybody who did that. And we could be around like at a dinner party and people were drinking beer and it was like not at all what felt like, you know, a sacred moment. And she would just take that moment and like do be a little weird and do that. And as soon as I figured out like, oh, wait, that's what, that's what that is. It, it just, it, yeah, I, I got it right away. Like, okay. There's a, there's a change in energy and in, in what happens to that food when we bring presence and intention into the meal we're about to eat. It slows us down. It brings in gratitude. It brings in total awareness, you know, and all of a sudden, like I, I, I so recommend messages of water, I think it's called, that shows like the intention you bring into water changes literally the molecular structure of what that water looks like. So what we bring intention to transforms. So imagine bringing just intention to all the food that you eat before you eat it. Like that changes something about how that food is digested and assimilated in the body and how you feel eating it and what happens in the meal and all of it, you know? So I, I do that with Leia Luna and it's not a huge, it's not like we, we sit down and hold hands and like, no, we just take a moment when the food is on our plates. We always wait till everyone's there, we're about to eat and we just hover our hands above the food. I take a breath and I just say in my own, just in my mind's I like something quiet to myself, something around gratitude for that food. I just bring gratitude and thank you for this meal. Thank you. Thank you. And I take a really present breath and I didn't have to teach my daughter this. I didn't say, here's what we're doing and why and how she just started doing it. You know, she just picked it up. And then if ever on a day I forget, she reminds me, she says, mom, you forgot to thank the food. And that's the most natural thing ever. And I go, oh, thank you for reminding me. And then we thank the food, you know? (laughs) (laughs) it's just, it's so beautiful. And this is so simple, right? It's so simple. And what it does, and you can have, I mean, you should pick whatever, maybe pick one moment in your day or one thing that used to be routine and go, okay, I want to make that ritual. Maybe it's the food you eat. Maybe it's how you cook your food before you prepare food. Maybe it's how you move your body, how you rise, how you go to bed at the end of the day, whatever, how you greet people when you see them, you know, pick something 
And then really sit with, how can I take this routine, this mundane day-to-day thing that I don't even think about and make it really sacred? What is something I can infuse here? Can I take a moment to be really present, to bring in gratitude, to say a little prayer, to invite in that greater layer of awareness to this thing that I do all the time? And what it's going to do is it's going to slow your whole world down a little bit. And you're going to feel so much more present in those moments. And it's going to make that thing that used to be just a thing, suddenly it's special, you know? And I think the best example of that is my running. Like suddenly it's sacred. And I never in a million years thought I would ever feel that way about something I used to despise. Like I used to hate it, just running the worst. And now it's like, I look forward to it every day, you know? And what changed, it wasn't... Like, I don't even think I'm not in better shape or or anything. I mean, I would hope that I am, but I'm not running able to run further or faster or anything. I'm just doing the same run every day. But what changed is my, my attention and my intention, right? My presence in the run and around the run and before the run, like that changed. And when we look at life that way, man, how wonderful is that? How much control you have when it comes to making your life really special. Like you can choose to do that right now. You can choose to do that right now. You can literally bless your phone, your device. You can put your phone in your altar space where all your most sacred things go. And you can say a prayer for your phone in gratitude of man, the amazing connection and inspiration that you find through this, through this little thing that you hold in your hand in the day. Wow. Thank you. And maybe that will change something around how you feel about your phone or about social media or about work or whatever your phone is connected to. Like you can take anything and make it more sacred. You can, and you can start doing that today. And I would love for you to start doing that today. And little bits at a time, you'll watch your world transform. And it probably won't be overnight. Like, oh, I started blessing my food before I eat. And it saved, changed my life completely. Like probably not, it's not going to happen in a week, but it will bring another layer of awareness into your life. And that's where all the magic is, right? That's where all the magic is, is, is our longing to be right here. And ritual does that for us. It brings us right here. So having a moment or several moments or all the moments in your day be like that. And all of a sudden, hey, your whole life is sacred. And all of a sudden, everything makes sense. You know, the heartache and the gratitude and the joy and the pain. And suddenly all of it is sacred. And suddenly your experience here in this world, in this life, is going to be something different. Let's take a deep breath into that. Open mouth, let it go. My invitation for you right now is to identify that routine that you have in your life that you want to turn into ritual and then write about that. Open your journal or your notes app on your phone and just write a routine I want to transform into a ritual is and see what comes your way and then go about doing that today, today, start now. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. So, so, so grateful for you. Thank you for listening. And I'll be back next week. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them at yogagirl.com slash podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thank you so much to Cadence13 for their production work, and thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.